say, kids, what time is that? The future is coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on. Hey, and here we are coming on from Boulder Creek, California. It's actually getting sunny out again. Unbelievable. We had some rain this week. Yeah, the seasons are all mixed up. It doesn't seem like the beginning of winter. It does seem a little like the end of summer <laughs> or maybe the early, early part of fall. We did have some rain last night and yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. How about in San Francisco, Bobby? How's it going up there? Up yeah. there, yeah. Well, we had some rain, what was it, Sunday night? But today it's like, it's a beautiful day. Beautiful it's day, amazing. Sunday. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I have to get out and get some sun. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. In one of the last few days. <laughs> yeah, 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 right after the show. Let's do that. Yeah. And meanwhile, well, we've got a great show to share with you. Lots of interesting things going on this week. I'm sure your guys' lives are relatively amazing as well, but uh, we'll share a few things that will perhaps make your life even more amazing. I always like to remind yeah. people that Dr. Future puts a lot of really interesting links up for us to consider while we talk. If you go look at the drfutureshow.com website, links slash links page, you can see the articles that we all have read and think are interesting enough to bring to your attention. Yeah, and some personal stories too. Yeah. Like, for example, Mrs. Future this week has signed up for a little science experiment involving her very own biology. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an experiment involving a company called Viome. Yeah, Viome. V -I -O -M -E. And of course, I had yeah. heard of Viome years ago, but didn't really get the bug until I listened to Peter Diamandis talking about it on his blog. Oh, yeah. What did he say? Well, he was interviewing the founder, whose name I don't have in front of me right now, but they were talking about the purpose of this moonshot company, which is a new approach to medical health. And they basically give you three tests, a saliva test, a stool test, and a blood test. And from those three things, they basically try to help you have early detection of avoidable chronic diseases and have a healthy gut for your daily existence. And also they use AI. Now, the founder of this was involved with the Watson team developing mm -hmm. AI that won the Jeopardy game, if you remember that era of AI development. Yeah, yeah. And so now what they're doing is taking the pool of participants in this company, Viome, and the people who send in their personal medical records and histories and these tests, and then they are using that to create profiles involving different specific health regimens that mm. they can treat nutritionally. So they make nutritional recommendations to increase your vitality and your health span. So I really like that approach and that's what I'm going to be trying out and seeing how I like it. It's a one-year program. You get a monthly set of supplements that are tailored specifically to your profile. Mm -hmm. And then you give them feedback through additional tests as you accomplish different health goals. So you got blood, bub, saliva, and poop. And from yeah. that, you're able to look at the input and the output of your system and see what your microbiome consists of, the colonies in your body of microorganisms. Yeah, well, they and use a lot they, of different parameters uh -huh. to give you a personal profile, a personal well, health profile. Yeah, the blood, the saliva. 
Yeah. And they they consider it, it's a DNA sample is your saliva and it's your gut biome is your stool sample. So and are they doing an analysis your of your DNA? Your blood is, for, of for course, for your cholesterol and health and, you know, all the things the, that you analyze in the blood. Right, right. And you take those all yourself, right, including the blood sample. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They send you this home test kit and walk you through. I've never given myself a blood test before. I was very bad at it. I had to get your help because I pricked my finger and I was not getting enough blood out for the test. So I didn't want to do it again because it kind of hurts. Squeeze, squeeze, (laughs) squeeze to get that blood going. Yeah, well, I knew you had pricked a lot of babies' feet when you were in med school. Yeah, well. <laughs> so as a micro, I knew you could help me get some blood out of my fingers. I had a microchemistry uh, <laughs> tech job. It was my job to go into the preemie nursery and uh, take blood samples from babies. Yeah, right. Uh, it took a while to learn how to do that properly. Well, I have to say I was yeah. so relieved because with your help, we managed to get enough blood to pass the blood test. Yeah, good. <laughs> that's a skill I still remember. Yeah. <laughs> half a lifetime ago. Anyway, we're sending in the test today, and in a week or two, we should have those results, and then they're going to start formulating some custom remedies for my health profile, and I'll I'll report back. Yeah, well, it's interesting to see how it goes, because we are heading in the direction of more personalized health care, where everyone tunes into their own. Yeah, this is... What do you think, Bob, of this? uh, Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is the start of individualized medicine, where... You're going to have AI look at your genetic parameters, your microbiome in your gut, the foods that you're eating. And using AI, they're going to find out everybody's different. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different microbiome well, in their gut. Yeah. We were so tuned into that. And then the pandemic hit and it brainwashed everybody into thinking like one drug fits all again. Right. And That's it doesn't right. even have to yeah. fit the particular disease that they're fighting. They just want everybody to sign up and take it because they made it. <laughs> so it was a detour down the wrong direction of personalized health medicine. <laughs> from, from, from personal to general. And now we're back to personal. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. I convinced Katya to take this about a year ago. The Viome? COVID. Yeah, the Viome. Uh-huh. And the same test that you did. She had some problems with the stool test, I guess. But anyway, I mean, collecting it. Um, yeah, collecting. you have to you have to poop on a sheet of paper that's you floating know, in the, uh, the toilet. You know, yeah. it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's uh, definitely it's a, a learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> you got to learn how to get your own samples. <laughs> it's not pretty. Those who do this a lot say a Dutch toilet is best because it has a little shelf on it. You know, yeah. It doesn't, you know, in the Dutch toilets, the excrement doesn't go directly into the water. It just lands on this little shelf where you can look at it. Mm-hmm. And then you flush, and it goes into the water. Mm. And that apparently yeah. is really good for collecting samples if that's part of your regular preventive mechanism. Mm. Yeah, well, you got to so get down and dirty yeah. with your samples. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's not that hard, really. They only need a little pea-sized scoop, so yeah. you have a lot of ability much, to yeah. get what you need. Yeah. <laughs> I was just really impressed because they have over 100,000 people that have submitted this stuff. Uh, and it's actually AI, over 600,000 now. Are you serious? To the, yeah. really? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Getting up there. That's, mm-hmm. It's a lot. They have a huge database. And using AI, they can look at genetics and what kind of foods you've been eating based on your microbiome, what kind of foods you've been eating. They're going to be able to solve so many problems in people's health. 
by yeah. just seeing yeah, all this. these parameters in advance. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, it's not exactly the cheapest thing I've seen either in terms of healthcare. Well, I think it's a good value yeah. if it does what it says it does because the price, the going rate for the full test is somewhere between, depending, you know, they offer an, a menu of different tests. So the different yeah. tests have different prices. But if you go for the full package, yeah. they have a $200 version and then they have another $50 bonus where they give you this customized probiotic biome medicine that they customize for you. So $200 or $250 per month where they send you all of their recommended nutritional features to give you a really healthy gut biome and whatever other remedies they recommend for your particular health profile. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, I think a lot of people may be spending upwards of a couple hundred dollars a month on their vitamins, depending on how dedicated you are to your sure. vitamin what's, routine. what's your health worth? Yeah, I know when we yeah. were doing Doc Wallach stuff, they got it up to where you had to be spending 200 bucks a month for your own kit. Including to, your business, right? It was yeah, your, just to stay qualified for your business, you yourself had to buy $200 worth of materials. A month. And that included the multivitamins, and it included your sugar and your bone and your brain and, you know, all the uh, little in things this that case, they there's want the two, you to yeah. take. In this case, does the 250 a month include the cost of the supplements they send you? Or? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's the test and the supplements. And you they don't do test every time. You start with a test and then they come up with a plan and then they start sending you the recommended supplements and then at a certain point you test again and then they remake the plan. And it's a monthly subscription so you can cancel any time that just doesn't feel worth it to you. I'm excited to see if it's a good value and to me I think it's a smart price. I don't think it's cheap. But I don't think it's unreasonable. And I think if it does what it says it does, it's a good investment in your health. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. You have to take it like this. Either you pay money now or you pay money later when you get sick. You know? Yeah, which and, cost you a lot of money then, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you could lose your house at the end of your life that way. and so Which often you know, happens. Better, this, yeah. 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 So it's better to get good track of your supplements, what you need, what you're missing, and just keep a really good immune system and health right now. And it's well worth it. I agree. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's see. I just found one of their nine second commercials. Let's see what it sounds like. Oh, yeah? Biome, yeah. Uh, it's just audio. It says everything you ever need to know is within you. The secrets of the universe are imprinted on the cells of your body. Dan Millman. He wrote a guru book, I believe, Dan Millman. Yeah, yeah. author, Peaceful Warrior. Right, that's where I'm at, Way of the Peaceful Warrior. I guess he's a fan of uh, Fayum. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. All right, well, stay tuned. Yeah, we'll Hopefully see how it Hopefully I'll get better and yeah. not worse over time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's another 10-second one. Let's see what they say here. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Leonardo da Vinci. Now that is simple. <laughs> That's a simple ad. <laughs> Simplicity is the ultimate in sophistication. They also say that uh, health is an act of resilience. <laughs> you know, so they combine a healthy procedure. Drink lots of water in the morning. That's what Dr. Yurima was telling us to do. Take your mm -hmm. supplements. Make sure you have to get enough sleep. Cook your own meals, take a walk every day, uh, reduce your scream time, connect with friends. Reduce your scream time? 
Scream time, yeah. You're screaming. Less screaming, people. Don't scream so much. Connect with friends and stretch each day. Now, how do you stretch a day? You stretch. Oh, stretch. Oh, you stretch yoga. Stretch your body. You're okay. thinking of trying to stretch time. Stretch. Leave it to you to stretch time. Well, it's a stretch you're, each day. You have a unique I mean, talent really, as far as that yeah. goes. <laughs> well, I've known people to turn time into a pretzel. I am a certain. Oh, you are one of them, my, my Well, friend. mostly women. Oh, show. Yeah, hey, I got some news for you. Yeah, what's that? It's almost time to go to a little. Oh, break. I hear something. Yeah, you know what Is that, that music you? means? That means yes. uh, I got to end my thought and. Move on to the next. Just get ready for a transition. All right, Mrs. Future. Thank you. We'll be right back. See you in a minute. Enjoy the music. Enjoy what you're about to hear. Listen and be heard at SantaCruzVoice.com. Wake up to Sleepy John and Luigi the Computer Man. You'll get an hour of news you can use and debate. You'll also get an hour of Luigi the Computer Man who will take your calls and solve your problems. What could be more fun? Welcome back to the show. Yeah, you know, listening to those commercials, Luigi and Sleepy John and Michael Olson and Rosie, of course, the whole cast of characters that make up Santa Cruz voice is quite a fun social club at the very least. It is. It is such a slice of life. There are so many people who just love our community and who are doing so much to support each other's businesses and to make each other feel good about living in Santa Cruz and living through these tumultuous times and, you know, helping each other out. It's a very wonderful feeling. Yeah. There was so many interesting folks at the meeting on Sunday that do shows that I didn't have time to say hi to hardly any of them. So I think what I'm going to do is start having some of the other hosts on as a guest every so often. Yeah. Yeah. A few of them said they were open to that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. All right. Let's do that. It'll be fun. Uh, There were some that were very advanced in terms of their use of social media in combination with Santa Cruz Voice. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to get into that a little bit too. Sure. The Cannabis Connection show uh, apparently streams live to all of the Instagram of the host of that show. The Instagram universe is available and yes. also allows you to text in to the show. Yeah. And I guess there's also a new show on Fridays. The host is named Zeus. The theme is mental health. Mental health, right, right. right. Yeah. He seemed quite knowledgeable on the use of social media yes, as well. Did. A lot to learn from him. Mm-hmm. So let's see. And of course, Luigi. When I was reading this article on USB-C and the analysis of why Apple is creating a $130 cable for USB-C, I thought of Luigi. I thought you'd appreciate that <laughs> Definitely. He's going to love that, especially the graphics. Adam Savage yeah. did such a great job. Well, they had a CT scanner. They're using medical <laughs> yeah. equipment to look at the insides of cables. Yeah. You know, to see the difference between yeah. expensive cables and cheap cables. Amazing. And the Apple cables, he was saying it's got more computing power in the cable than the Apollo computer. The one that went to the moon. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it sure looks like it. The cable. It's not just, you know, it it's not just your cell phone cable. anymore. I mean, what is it? Yeah. I think they have... Cable. They've got a central fat cable surrounded by six secondary cables surrounded by, I think they said, 13 additional cables. They're like a, and that's all yeah. just the wiring mm. going into the chip. And then the chip looks like a little mini computer. So. It's phenomenal. The cables mm. are getting very sophisticated. Yeah. yeah. 
I put up a link to that as well. Adam Savage, who is famous for being on television. Mythbusters. Right. Mythbusters. Mythbusters. Right. right. Yes. Oh, by the way, the I told you I was going to check the schedule for our live DJ, Zeus Foe. And yeah, his yeah. show is on Mondays. It's called Mental Capital. <laughs> so he definitely has a lot of enthusiasm and they represent the next gen of yeah. the Santa Cruz voice producers. I think of the mental health of my cyborgs. Oh, do you? No, I do. I do. <laughs> Did you see the thing that Scobelizer was putting out last week? The startup in the Valley that's creating a hybrid um, biological digital computer. I have no idea what you're even really? talking oh, about. Okay. Well, <laughs> imagine this. Imagine you take a colony of 100,000 brain cells, uh-huh. human brain cells, and grow them in a special solution. Okay. Like a goldfish bowl for human brain cells, specially designed environment, and then have that intimately connected to a supercomputer. Okay. I'm imagining. Yeah. And the two together create a, a biological digital computer. They're combining the best of both worlds, what human brain cells can do combined with what our our ever-evolving technology can do. And if they have a high bandwidth connectivity between the two, then they create a new consciousness and machine that is both biological and digital. And if the digital part is AI and the biology part is, well, biology, as we are now, as those of us thinking about this right now are biological intelligences, then the combination of the two is bound to be something that's uh, over the top. (laughs) And it's funny that people are actually creating little grow chambers where this is happening now. I'm investigating that. I'll I'll do a more in-depth story probably next week looking at that. But some people might find that very scary and others are very promising for what the future is. That, if combined with some of the robotic stuff that's coming down the line, allows us to have very, very, very smart robots in the very near future and probably will be able to do a lot of the things that we want them to do, like clean the house, babysit the kids, you know, uh, <laughs> cut the grass. You're so Stepford. Um, you know, You're so um, Stepford in your aspirations. <laughs> ideally, fix the plumbing, the electrical. You know, there you they, go. Now you're talking. Have, uh, fix the generators, Yeah, right? the generators run the... Keep the gas tanks full. I want my robot to you know, have a full functionality, <laughs> and I want him to have fun, too, of course. Uh-huh, right. Uh, but, but I think that the answer to making work fun is in the technology, because work is not hard for them. Unlike humans, where too much work becomes slave labor, it becomes uh, uncomfortable and and not good for our evolution. So the machines don't have that issue, as long as they're not complaining. (laughs) I mean, I suppose Mm. if they become sentient, they might complain in case we definitely have to listen. Mm. But from what I can see, we design the machines to work, to do what they do. Our cars are designed to drive. I think you come by this fascination because your grandfather was a machine designer. He definitely was. He was a a systems engineer designer, Uh and and he created a lot of amazing things. And yeah, the idea is that they're not separate from us. They serve us. They're part of us. 
they continue to evolve and become more useful to us. Mm-hmm. You have an awful lot of articles in the slate today about uh, different kinds of robotics. robots. Yeah, and today's right. theme is really robots. <laughs> well, there is a few things. I mean, I got some air stuff too. I mean, you know, but uh, yeah, the robots. First of all, for those of you tuned in last week, we had a personal AI. Peter Diamandis, one of the great futurists of our time, lives over in the valley, Silicon Valley, has created an artificial intelligence that is based upon his sensibilities and his understanding of the world. It's called Peterbot, and he made it available for anyone to talk to Peterbot. So if you want to talk to Peter Diamandis, but can't actually reach him because he's so famous and hard to reach, you can always talk to his Peterbot, which maybe isn't as good, but will definitely get you answers that are in alignment with his belief system. Well, I think his interview with his own Peter bot was pretty indicative of how much information you can get. And for a robot, it's pretty upbeat. It has some positive things to say, just like Peter Diamond. It is. It's It's it's, very optimistic for the future of life and the future of robotics. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I definitely recommend that. Ask Peter bot yourself questions, you know, you'll see what you come up with. It's easy to go to his, I think it's Uh peterbot.ai. I have a link to that on our links page. All right. China is in the news lately because they have claimed that they plan to mass produce humanoid robots that reshape the world. Mm -hmm. That's what they say, reshape the world within two years. Two years. Are they kidding us or what? Mm Mm-hmm. According to this piece I saw in Yahoo Finance, China disclosed its plans to create an advanced level humanoid robot by 2025 and that the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology, that's the Chinese organization ministry, it published a roadmap of its plans. Though many more details are needed, they do say that it's a disruptive process to put these robots out into the world. Ambitious they say plans. that, yeah. huh? They say, they say it's on the level of the smartphones that we're mm-hmm. using. You know how smartphones have disrupted, if you call it that word anymore, changed our daily behavior. Well, let's just look around in our environment. Like, what robots are we using? I know the Roomba was a robot that they tried to get to disrupt our environment in the home and yeah. take over the vacuuming. And, you know, some people like it, some people don't. It depends on cl- how cluttered your room is. I would think your drone is a little bit of a robot. Just right? about everything Flying is getting drone. smarter, right? Even the microphones, and yeah. even the cables. The cables are getting smarter. Everything is getting smarter. Mm. So does it qualify to be a robot if it doesn't move? I mean, what is it that makes a robot a piece of technology, a robot? Well, for me, it is definitely more of a motion, you know, mm-hmm. being able to move. Uh-huh. I think that machines that move have robotic qualities. They're not necessarily a robot but more have a, say, a camera that has legs, mm-hmm. you know, or a <laughs> camera with what legs. I, what I like is my, my remote control for the TV has legs. It would be nice if it returned back to where it lives mm-hmm. at the end of the Hawaii oh, period. That would be hilarious. Be nice. <laughs> now, I think that's a million dollar idea. Walking remotes. A robot remote. I think that's great. Yeah, like, <laughs> hey, remote, where are you? And it's like, over here. <clears throat> Here, let me come to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even better, my phone should do that. It should walk back to me, you know, if I leave it behind. I think Belkin would buy a robot phone case, right? Yeah, my <laughs> walking would, phone sure case. they try and sell it for you. <laughs> you have to have a name for your phone then. So you can call it like your dog. <laughs> Some, Here, Candy, come on. I'm, 
I'm seeing the future. It's coming clear. Yeah. I didn't see that one before, but I'm seeing it now. <laughs> so anything, any little piece of technology that makes things move and come when you call their name. Well, huh? you know, I would consider that more robotic. Yeah, yeah. It's not just the Chinese that are into the humanoid robot idea in mass production, but there's also an American company called U.S. Agility Robotics. And they're even set to open up a robot factory later this year in Oregon. Yeah. What well, are they're their planning robots to build do? hundreds of bipedal robots that can mimic humans. Okay. Walking, so. crouching, carrying packages, moving stuff around. All getting, right. Getting, so these are like lost in space robots. Getting or beer. I guess those were on no. wheels. Well, these are like getting beer from the fridge for you. <laughs> oh, I remember seeing the prototypes <laughs> yeah. that Amazon was exploring that were supposed to go from the delivery truck uh-huh. to the doorstep and drop off a package and then come back to the truck. Yeah. Right? So it was just a little wagon that had wheels that yeah. would yeah, that you know, gets you get to the lower house. to the ground. Right. And then it had a crane arm that would pick the package up and drop it on the step yeah, and then no. go I, back I, to the truck. I consider Amazon a largely robotic company. They're mm-hmm. definitely pioneers in that. Oh, arena. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard that from the employees there. Yes. We need robots, not Amazon humans. really <laughs> wants the humans to compete with the machines, and it's totally well, they, stupid. They look at your behavior to the point of what you're doing every second, You know how many breaths you're taking, even if it's where it's going there. And they're trying to maximize human efficiency, which is a lost cause, if you ask me. I think people ultimately need to relax more. And the robots will be doing a lot of the legwork, if you will. Yeah. Well, and, I and, guess really and, what they want is to understand how the they humans... They know that. They know that. But... Yeah, go ahead. They want to train the robots based on the things that the humans figure out. And then the robots can be trained to do those things very efficiently because obviously they can't think for themselves. But if you treat the humans like robots long enough, then by the time it's just the robots, they'll be smart. Yeah, they'll <laughs> learn from that. Yeah, it's a, definitely a good learning. How ca- somebody just quoted that it's very easy to get funding for a robot-based, a machine-based innovation, but it's very difficult to get money for a human-based innovation in companies and new startups. It's the current trend, in other words, currently, yeah. right? Well, I wonder if we can't address that by looking at our, how can we have better robots and make life better for the humans that are currently being treated as if they're the inadequate competition Well, hold that thought, Mrs. Future. You've got to keep holding that thought, (laughs) basically. Because when you run into the stories, you're going to see how different ways to implement that thought. In every situation, in every kind of robot, it's going to be a little different. Well, we've got to celebrate the humans in these stories, too. Absolutely. Not just act like the humans are inadequate, but the robots are great. (laughs) No, looking at how how to optimize the two. (laughs) The tasks that the robots have to do are not really where humans can shine <laughs> maybe <laughs> don't need but to be I, I doing wouldn't those like tasks them, i'd like them to that's carry. a really cool looking robot you have on the screen well there. i like it to chop the wood and carry the water you know you I would i yeah. thought you liked yeah. no i do at a certain point i like it for my exercise but yeah, there's a I don't certain think point you where you turn it's, that over to the robots i think that's yeah. why you do it I, yeah it i know exactly good. how to make your body feel good when you use it yeah which is what we do up here you're training robots to do yeah because they can do it easily and not get hurt. But then well, what are you going to do to stay fit? Well, I'm going to do precisely the kind of exercises that my body needs based on where it's weakest, where I need to focus. Right. So I think our, our exercise program shouldn't be dependent on just doing the yard work. 
Uh-huh. But and we're heading in that direction of having the right technologies and the right oh, software I know how the to do what's right for our us. own body. The robots right, could body. throw us out of bed when we're sleeping in and yeah. say, it's time to go swimming. That's how the robots could help us stay fit. Uh, it can be your <laughs> and then t- while yeah. we're swimming, they can go chop the wood. Uh-huh. So they're time masters. <laughs> It's, oh, it's time for you to... Well, my watch tries to do that all the time. I'm sitting here talking to you folks on the radio. It says, bing, bing, time for you to stand up. Time for you to breathe deeply and meditate. I said, don't I don't you find so, that demeaning? Don't no, you think well, when a machine is telling you something that's so dumb, doesn't it make you feel dumb? Uh, no. It makes me want it to be smarter. That's what it makes me. It makes me a little... Oh, that's where it needs to be better. Uh-huh. Because it is working in that direction. I appreciate that the fact that the watch is telling me that I need to stand up or that I might have had a heart attack. You know? I, mean, it's well, yeah, really, I love it when the machine yeah. is telling you you might have had a heart but, attack but not, because not you every time, something. Not every time I'm using the axe to chop wood. No, I don't want it to say I'm having a heart attack now. Ooh, what was that? That's a machine trying to tell you it's time to take oh, a break. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I want to see them get it smarter. And so when they're stupid, it makes me want to make them to be better. So, uh-huh. Okay, I'm back to our stories after this wonderful break from okay. our sponsors. Stay tuned. Enjoy. Right I was thinking we could send all the flat earthers to Mars. They might not believe they're there. <laughs> Great discussion, a lot of good information you're putting on the table. Fantastic radio. We don't get many intelligent radio programs in Australia, and uh, yours is quite (laughs) good. The Future Now Show, live on Tuesdays, 1 to 3 p.m. on Santa Cruz Voice. Ding! We're back. Yeah, yeah, I haven't run into any flat earthers for a while. You notice (laughs) we kind of went through a phase where we had flat earthers, and they started slowing down after COVID. They fell off the edge. They fell off the edge, right? They're in a parallel universe right now. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, man. Okay. We Say, were, listen, I yeah. would like to announce the phone number for Santa Cruz Voice in case anybody would like to tune in live or call us and share their point of view, because that's what's so great about our station is that it is a fully interactive live radio show. On Santa Cruz Voice. And if you want to call in, keep this number handy, 831-265-5050. And we will put you on. Oh, yeah. And we're doing another little experiment, too. Uh, part of my theory about the future of media here is that we are kind of moving away from voice and more towards text. In order to embrace that, we have a text number for our show, at least, that you can call and text to us. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that phone number for our text line is 831-338-7228. area code. Okay? And you can just text us there, and we'll be happy to bring up whatever you're talking on the air at that point. And Mrs. Future will monitor the text line here. Yes. So I will give to her now. Say, uh, let's see, I, I can't quite read the details here, but we do have a listener who sent us in four minutes ago a screen capture from the Peterbot. So I guess we're oh, yeah, out there it out. checking it out. Yeah. I probably have to make it bigger to read it. The text is a little too small for me to make out, but it looks like it's pretty funny. Let me see. Maybe I can make the window bigger. Meanwhile. We were talking about robots 
I mentioned the China project. I mentioned the Peter Diamandis personal Peterbot, which she's pulling in an image from our, our guest who just sent something in from that. Yeah. Remember, the, the Peterbot looks like Peter. It does, but it's not him. It's a little bit more robotic, if you will. It's more cadenced. The speech bots are much better now than they used to be. Remember, they all sounded kind of like robots, <laughs> but now they sound like people, but they don't have as much intonation. They don't uh, go to the depth that human voice can do typically. Mm-hmm. They don't get the intonation right for various you know, things, and you can spot that pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back to the robots. The Tesla robot is another example of the American robots coming in that are humanoid. I don't think he's talking about 2025, but probably within the next year or two after that, we will see a lot of the Tesla bots starting to come in. Also, there was an interesting evolution of robotic thinking going on at one of the top robot schools of the world, uh, Carnegie Mellon. Researchers there in the Department of Mechanical Engineering, they collaborated with a different group of scientists, paleontologists, paleontologists from Spain and Poland. And these guys were studying ancient creatures that have been extinct for millions and millions of years. And one of them was a marine organism that existed 450 million years ago and was one of the very first creatures that we have identified that was capable of moving using a muscular stem or the beginning of limbs 450 million years ago. And what did it look like and how did it use its muscular stem to move? The robot researchers created what they call a soft robot based on the design of this uh, pleurocystidid, that's marine organism, this 450 million year old marine organism. And they have just published their research on what they're learning from creating a robot that mimics how we think this creature 450 million years ago actually moved. And in the process, we're learning new how nature has experimented with motion and how it's created ways in which creatures can push things and, and the design limbs and evolve fingers and you know the whole process of what limb and limb evolution is about. These softbotics will be able to study these fundamental principles of, of biology and nature and, and really look at them and, and see where in the evolutionary timeline animals evolved. The robot analogs that we can create can mimic these various creatures in the timeline so that we can see how they built upon previous members of the timeline and get a clear map of evolutionary experiments that have gone on. Because if anything, nature is a rampant experimentress, experimentress and has many, many, many different experiments, many of which stopped or failed, as you might say, and others that continued to evolve. So I have a very interesting link on that. They call it a rhombot, R-H-O-M-B-O-T, for this pleurocystitid fossil and it's a robot replica at Carnegie Mellon. Paleobionics. Paleobionics. When you go to any science museum, for instance, the tech here in San Jose, the tech interactive, they have special learning, engaging exhibits for kids to play with simulations and actual creation of robots by assembling the various parts. And there is at the Tech Interactive here, when you first walk into, I think it's on the second floor, there is a whole bunch of machines where kids can sit and 
design their own creatures. Oh yeah, so they could just play with these things, create their own. Yeah, a, a little. Uh, so yeah, they, they can soft start robotics. Recognizing they're well, they're virtual. These are virtual, but the creatures that they create are very fluid creatures. You know, oh, they're okay. they're made of different kinds of shapes, and they turn into snaky things, and they swim around. And I do think that there's a lot of desire to help kids understand how to simulate the robotic functions so that we have a generation of people who know how to ask the robots to do what they're capable of doing. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Just like with computers in general, we have to speak their language in order for them to help us, right? We have to make sure that we have our usernames and our passwords and our software and all these things that are just part of the computer world. And as we adapt to that world, that world gives us a whole bunch of efficiency in solving those kind of problems. Hmm. I want you to hear now about a minute of Phil Leduc and Carmel Majidi. These are paleobionics. Oh, yeah. The guys people. at Carnegie Mellon who One, are on the team designing yeah, these soft... Just so you see the melding of two different minds to create this new field. Go ahead. These are two of the guys involved with that. This project was a collaboration between my group and Phil Leduc's lab at Carnegie Mellon. Uh, we also worked with a pair of paleontologists uh, based out of Europe. And what we did was develop a soft robot to understand the locomotion and mechanics of an ancient organism that existed 450 million years ago. This organism was called the Pleurocystid. It's as old to the dinosaurs as the dinosaurs are to us. Uh, and it plays a really critical role in the evolution of marine organisms. It's the first organism that used a muscular stem to push itself forward. So using the fossil record and, and working with a paleontologist, we developed a design uh, for the body plan uh, of this robot and, and designed a robot that, that mimicked a lot of the properties and features, the morphology, the anatomy of the pleurocystid. And so this entire thing is really about evolution, right? This is the evolution of these organisms as they started to get these muscular stems and then they started to move. I couldn't have done this without Carmel because while I can play with robots, I certainly cannot design the kind of actuation systems that do a great job of mimicking the way these, these robots work. And so, you know, so for me, the learning about evolution really changes a lot of the way you know, people think about history. At least, I hope it does. There you go. And there's a full four minutes and 41 seconds of that interview, of which I played you 90 seconds. Yeah. But it does show you the way that people are approaching science now. It's very multidisciplinary. Yeah. And it's very interested in solving problems that a very narrow focus of science wouldn't even think to address. But trying to learn to design a robot as a material scientist in a way that emulates the way that nature just started getting muscles to evolve so that creatures could move 400 million years ago. I mean, it takes a human to make that link. It takes a team to bring together such divergent skill sets. Yeah, it does. And it's fun, learn too, something because you run people who are very different from you. Yeah, That's why uh, Luigi and Sleepy John work together. <laughs> right. <laughs> <clears throat> Viva la France, right? Right. <laughs> uh, one final robot story. I saw an interesting piece in the bite called Scientists Create Robotic Seeing Eye Dog. Oh, interesting. Yes. It yeah. says it can even mm. respond to tugging at the leash. 
<laughs> Which would do well in that chemistry series we're watching on Apple oh, TV. Oh, yeah. Right? What is it's it good. called? Lessons in Chemistry. Lessons we just started good. watching this late night show. <laughs> Netflix, I think, right? No, no. It's Apple TV. Oh, it's an Apple TV show, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's a dog that is prominently featured, not yes. a robotic dog. Yes, and uh, Tugging at the Leash was one of the key moments in that story, series. So in this story... Researchers have created a robotic equivalent of a, I don't call it a seeing eye, because seeing eye dog as a name belongs to a specific guide dog company in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And it's more like guide dogs, equivalent of guide dogs for the visually impaired that can even respond when the user tugs on its leash, they say in this little piece. And it's from Binghamton University. And they had a robot dog that led a blind person around a hallway responding to input like gentle pulls to avoid obstacles. So the dog, in a guide dog context, the guide, the dog is letting you know when you're coming up towards an obstacle or when you're crossing a street and you pulling and it tugging and it gives you information, kind of like a horse, you know, in terms of uh, controlling a horse. <laughs> it's uh, easier than a horse. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the connection between the human and the animal and what they're communicating to each other are very valuable. And in the case of guide dogs, there haven't been enough of them being trained for all the people that could use them. Mm, far well, that's more a very specialized type of training, isn't it? Training takes years. Um, it can cost tens of thousands of dollars to train a dog properly to, yeah. uh, to be a guide dog. Your they, folks used to do that, huh? Your folks well, they did their own. own that's that true. Dogs. Point, that was they, a big part of your, uh, your mom big, and dad's story. They were big fans of Guide Dog School for the Blind in San Rafael. Mm-hmm. as they also embrace a teaching technique that involves training the animals with love as opposed to the more discipline. Right, which, which the in the era when German they were doing dogs, that, that yeah. was really a revolutionary <laughs> idea. Use love instead of discipline. They're sparing the rod and getting good results still. <laughs> yeah, the, the pendulum, I think some people now think the pendulum's gone too far in the direction of love and we've got to come back a little bit more towards yeah. discipline. But, yeah, yes. you know. <laughs> well, you should be able to adjust it on your robot. Dog, yeah, you know. yeah. I'm I'm want, a big fan of, of you, mostly wanna, love. You love get, first. <laughs> I, I set my robot dog said, do I want to get to work in a hurry or do I want to take my time? Smell the flowers. <laughs> well, <laughs> the robot dogs probably don't spend much time smelling the flowers. No, no, but you can set it, right? You can set it to different modes for it to take you on a relaxing trip from home to work or one where you don't have any time and you have to get there right away. Does your robot dog play music? What? It doesn't need to. My phone does that. <laughs> then you wouldn't have to carry your phone. Yeah. You could go out incognito. <laughs> I could. I could be invisible. I'm thinking. Oh, hey, Sunshine God Dog. We got a caller. Let's say hello. Hello. Is this Who Sunshine is God Dog? I, I, this is a God Who Dog. Is yeah. God. And Bobby, Bobby Wilder, our science correspondent in San Francisco. He's, yeah, I know Bobby. Hi. He's a lovely young man. I yeah. love hearing his soft, sweet voice. Oh, yes. And this, is, this is Billy Sunshine. Is going to, going to Billy Sunshine. I'm so glad yes. you called in yeah. for the last two minutes of the Billy. top of the hour, Bill. Yeah. yeah, I've heard stories about you lately. Don't believe anything you hear. Oh, <laughs> we are probing for details. It has to do with oh, a... I'd love to, I'll fill you in. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. you want to do it live on the air or are you going to wait? The break will be in a minute. <laughs> well... well well, you're going to I just wanted, actually, I wanted to share this. Yeah. Okay. The best organizations that I know of are the ones that give dogs, they get dogs from shelters, yeah. they give them to prisoners, uh -huh. prisoners train them and learn how to love something, which improves their lives, 
and then the dog goes to a person who needs it, who needs a guide dog. The program locally, I think, is called Unchained. It's Unch- a wonderful idea, and we should support it. Unchained. I'll check it out, Bob. Awesome. That's really interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, that is a great way That's to end the great. top of the hour here, Very Billy. interesting. Yeah, there are a lot of ways to think about the <laughs> training dogs. Yeah, I was thinking of how robots could program dogs in a good way because we don't have enough attention for them. Right when dogs are being brought up as puppies, we can only give them so much attention because we got our human affairs to attend to, and that they've got a lot of attention. Something that their little ball could give them. Their ball could be their computer interface, and the ball could train them. I could use that help. I really could use that help. I can't take this. I I, I get too bored when I'm trying to train my dog, so I could use a little help that way. Yeah, yeah, because they're not on the level of humans, you know, and they're kind of in their thing. So the dog could turn into uh, to, uh, programming them in a way that helps them evolve, you know, teaches them colors, maybe words, being able to count, maybe identify red light and green light. The robot could just teach them things nonstop until their brain couldn't handle anymore. Much like our laptops will stay open whether or not we're paying attention to them or not. They're, they're, they're there for us. So it would be that kind you know, of... You know, my brain can't take in any more information. <laughs> yeah, we have our limits, I'm right? Yeah, we have our limits. <laughs> yeah. We're about to go yeah. to news and then we'll be back. So stay tuned and hope you're enjoying your Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, the whole idea of dog training is fascinating, you know, and, and early dog trauma affects it too. And you hey, we're back. So who do we got this evidence? Yes, let's have our guest introduce herself. First of all, our dear friend Ridge Walker, who we love. He's an amazing ceremonialist, and he is a very deep, proactive concerned citizen with a beautiful heart who does his best to be in beautiful service to humanity. Yeah, and he's a connector person. He likes and to connect us with, with others that have like minds and ones we should know about. Hi, you guys. Hey! Yeah. Who do we have here? Is that you, thank Rich? You so much for, thank you so much for responding to the call. Oh, great! Yeah. And I got the beautiful Alma here, and we'll talk a little bit about Reese at a certain point. Okay, well, why don't you uh, introduce Alma my, to uh, us? Uh, give it, give us a little intro to Alma. Yeah, me introducing Alma in, in this beautiful uh, Chesboro Lakeview yeah. piece of land that she is a guardian, uh, blessed by the Ohlone people to be a caretaker and guardian of this sacred land that her and her partner in the Bay, uh, the Bay Area, or South Bay, Morgan Hill. Yeah. The Morgan Hill area up in the mountains. Wow, right. beautiful up there. All right. So, yeah, tell us about yeah. the land and tell us about the Celestine and give us a little peek into your world, Alma and Ridgewalker. Hi, I am here. Yay! Hey, all right. Yay! Yay! <laughs> this is still the early days of getting the internet to connect us all up, but yes. here we are. <laughs> yes, is it? Is a, we are. Oh, you were about to tell us from the beginning tell what you guys us. are up to. What can we know about the land, and what are you doing on it? Yes, the Celestine. Yes, the universe brought me to forty-two acre Ohlone Amamutsen territory, which I realized I'm a descendant of, and I'm here to bring back tradition, my heritage, and the sacred healing hmm. modalities that we've suppressed for so long and we're here to open up our community we follow the moon cycles the moon calendar so every new moon every full moon we come and gather around and we heal mind body soul 
-hmm. I teach about alkaline electric diets, which is cellular nutrition. We do sweat lodges. That's how I got introduced to Ridgewalker and his lovely family. So we're just integrating families and becoming a loving unity community Uh, here Um, on this uh, Amalmutsan territory. Beautiful. I'm familiar with Anne-Marie Sayers and Indian Canyon. In Ilonia. Yes, yeah, we're connecting with them as well. In oh, good, Canyon. good. Um, She's a wonderful being. Yeah, yes. Yeah. They've been doing sweat lodges for years out there, and they're old hands at it. I, maybe you guys are too. I don't know. How long have you been involved with them? Um, Absolutely. It's yeah. definitely a great healing tradition that we're here to open our community and share with everyone. Wonderful. Nice. And I understand we you have, guys yeah. have some plans to do something very soon, right? Are you having some kind of an event that you're inviting people to? Yes, we call it the Celestine, and every new moon and every full moon, we open up our home and bring these sacred traditions to like-minded individuals who want um, to be in their heart center. Mm. We're here to take everyone home, which is in their hearts. Mm. Beautiful. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, it really is. Now, you guys are kind of new at this, right? Have you had some of these events, or are you just starting? Well, we've had them for about a year. It's been word of mouth. Early things are... Yeah, beautiful. And so if people, if you wanted to invite people to come, how would they find you and how would they connect with you to be able to join you on the next new moon? Hi, we're back. All right. Okay, Okay, I think before we drop again, I'd really like it if you shared how people can connect with you if they want to come join you. Yes, well, we have an Instagram right now. We're setting up our website. We started a wellness center, so it's almawellnessfamily.org, and our Instagram is Alma Wellness Ranch. Okay, Alma Wellness. Alma Wellness Instagram and Alma Wellness Ranch. All right, so for the new moon, when do you start your ceremony? We open our doors at 12 p.m., and it goes through 12 a.m., Beautiful. So it's an all-day event. Oh. We have workshops pretty much every two hours. Uh-huh. Wonderful. And these workshops yeah, are in traditional do. ceremonial arts? Yes, we do yoga, breath work, frequency healing, sweat lodges. We do a divine dinner. We do grounding, sun gazing, lots more in between. Cacao Wonderful. ceremonies, plant medicine. Mm. Gorgeous. What, all uh, right, Elma. What else? What do you do for food? For food, we eat the rainbow. You know, we eat all foods. <laughs> the rainbow. Huh? All foods, yeah, for ourselves. We don't eat, we fuel over here. We ah, fuel ourselves. Okay. So that's what I am, I'm here to teach Beautiful. everyone. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, you... we're plant based, vegetarian, animal friendly. We love all animals. We're one with the universe over here. Ah, <laughs> do you have a good view of the stars? Yes. Clear skies. This land is very magical, and you can feel the energy, the energy healing. We're like a magnet with all of the people around us. We're heart-cohered people, and we're just magnetized with everyone. Awesome, awesome. So everyone that's in alignment with this, is it's just magical here. Uh-huh. It's generating power. Excellent. <laughs> uh, so from what you can see, uh, does the future look bright? Oh, very bright. We're lit. We're lit over here like the stars. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Well, and I have Reese is actually in Mexico. You were introduced to him also by 
Ridge Walker. He can't be here, but he's in Mazatlan with shamans uh-huh. who are also going to be coming on this very sacred land. We have so many shamans, so many native elders from different tribes all over the world that's blessed this property. Wow. They've blessed this land, and everyone's just so eager to come together. Nice. Have you built anything on the land much yet? Right now, we're cleaning it up. It's been a whole year of just cleanup. We've got a outdoor fire grill. We got a sweat lodge. We're going to be building teepees, yurts. We're going to make it very traditional how the Amamuts and Ohlone's used to live. Mm. I would vote, if possible, a hot tub maybe and a cold plunge. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is definitely on the list. We have a long list. Those are a couple of my favorites. Yeah, especially to stare at the stars I, at I night. I can't wait you know? to have you guys. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. Me too. Thank you, Ridge yeah, Walker, we, for introducing yeah. all of yeah, us. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, good luck. And and one more time, the best way to reach you is? Alma we have Wellness. an Instagram. I think that one is the best way. It's Alma Wellness Ranch, and you can see all of the events that we post. Alma. A-L-M-A. 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 Okay. Alma Wellness Ranch. Alma Alma Wellness Wellness Ranch. Ranch. (laughs) Alma Wellness Ranch. Okay. On Instagram. All right. Wonderful. Well, just thank you for all of these blessings that you are creating for the community. And I really look forward to catching up with you down the line and and sharing some of those moments. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for lighting up our show. Yes. And you guys are VIP. (laughs) VIP. <laughs> I look forward to creating yeah. with everyone and bringing a beautiful community yeah. to this sacred land. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thanks Great. for helping bring this in. That's that's beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate your, my mission. Thank you all. Your all mission my, is perfect you. for the times we're in. Thank oh, you so uh, much. How many people Absolutely. can you handle? We by all the, need it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one other question: How how much capacity do you have? How many people is ideal to have in your groups? Ideal, we would like to have. 300, the more the merrier. So we want the whole world here. There's enough space for everyone. Lots of space, parking too. Yeah, we can have up to a thousand people here. Holy moly! Yeah, we're talking a serious note. We'll make it a divine number and say one thousand one (laughs) hundred and eleven. That's a good starting point. Okay, nice for the next new moon, the next full moon. moon We'll aim for the sacred numbers. (laughs) Have you been to Burning Man at all? Are you familiar with that? Oh, actually, no, I have not. I went there this year and I wasn't able to get in, so I drove seven hours to uh, be told that I can't get in. <laughs> uh, well, it sounds like you create your own version uh, here. I did, I did. That's beautiful. All right. Well, I would good. like to add, this is Ridge Walker plugging in here. I'd like to add that as I've been with a part of this community over this last month, what I got to tell the people is that the energy, when people are tapped into the energy here, yeah, everything seems to just fall into place. The stars are aligned in every way. It's a real powerful force behind this driving the medicine that is just mm. so abundant here. So yeah. a big shout out to our extended community to come and play with us. We are ready to hold you and serve <laughs> you and love you and uh, just welcome home. That sounds like you're creating some deep connections here. Beautiful. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All so right, guys. we're all one. We're all family. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> How, how seems the director's here and he does film and I really want you to meet him. Yes. His name's Vitaly. I want to introduce him. Hey you. everyone. Hey, oh, how you doing? Hey. Thanks Charlie. for saying hi. Yeah. yeah. My name is Vitaly. So I believe I'm like just a true 
truth seeker on this planet, philosopher, filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I believe my destiny is just to capture and make the transcendental films and deliver these messages to the entire world. Uh, so and, you think uh, you can uh, capture? Can, so you think we can capture divine energy on film? That's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's a yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. This is yeah. This is the magic of the filmmaking. It's yeah. uh, through yeah. the metaphor, you know, ways to do. You can actually think yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. we do get to play with reality with film. You know, with frames per second and focus and, and color and and music, especially. They say at least fifty percent of a film is the soundtrack taking you places. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I've been motivated 20 years ago by mm. Chuck Fresca and his uh, movie Zeitgeist. Mm. And this movie actually changed my life. And then I realized that through movies, you can actually change the people's perspective of life, you know. And yeah. you actually can, yeah, deliver different type of messages. Yeah, yeah. Heard, heard, you know, the Hollywood is a little bit is different yeah. directions. So, what <laughs> message, Vitaly, do you think is most important for us to turn on at this time? What film message would be good to get across at this point? I think we live in very, like, in Kali Yuga, which is very, like, mm, I would say, degradation era. Like, and we need to awake ourselves and become more close to each other and mm. to ourselves. You know, so we can, like, just focus yeah. on the truth. Like the uh, oneness of humanity? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. a species identity or some sort. It's forming, <laughs> you know, who we are as a species. Would be good. We do have to uh, go to a break. Could you hold on a moment so we'd like to continue our conversation? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll be right back. Stay tuned, folks. And a little little word. We're going to take a little commercial break. The Think Local First community who bring you Santa Cruz Voice. Be right back. Okay, welcome back to the show. Okay, we are talking with several people who are involved with a sacred land. With Alma and Vitali and Ridgewalker, and they are working to create a community event, which they're calling the Celestine, and the next gathering will be at a new moon. And you can find out more if you go to Alma Wellness on Instagram, Alma Wellness. It's Alma Wellness Ranch. 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 Alma Wellness Wellness Ranch. Ranch. And And the uh, next event will be November 13th. There you go. Coming right up. And if you wanted to go there, how would we get the directions? There's a event bright and we send you emails. We correspond with you through email. Beautiful. Okay, great. Do you see this unfoldment of cosmic consciousness evolving, affecting all of us? Do you think it's, you know, cosmic consciousness for all is the future? Absolutely. I believe we're all here to be an example of that. We're all different walks of life, different uh paths, and we're all here aligned in our heart doing what is asked of us, what creator is asking of us. Once we connect with that source, that power, there's just no stopping us. Hmm. The light involves it all. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I think that's our true heritage to stay connected with that. Yeah, we like to say that everybody who's alive right now, we are the success story of all life that went before us. We are the hopes of our ancestors. We are the seeds of the future. And we are the current wave of those who love life and are here to be of greatest service. Absolutely. We're here to remember. 
our ancestors and our heritage and our lineage and bring that back because it's very important. We've lost that. What's going on with this world is just what's going on within ourselves. Mm. Microcosm, macrocosm, and reflects the outer. Yes. So that means if you deal with your own issues, then uh, the world gets better. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, it sounds so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, you guys. Well, look forward to connecting some more and uh, keep us posted as to your progress. We'd love to get here regularly from you guys to see how it's going. Absolutely. All yeah. Right. All right. All right. Thank you. Hey, thank right. you so much for your presence. We'll see you in the future. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. And, uh, we're the last two yeah. years with you. Yeah. Just, I shared out, yeah, 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 that you also like intended the filmmaking industry. Yes. Yeah. The film, the evolution of media, for sure. That's a, it's a big, th- I, I consider that part of the species exo nervous system. That, that we're, right. what we're doing with media, we're creating like a, like a sixth or seventh sense that is a regular part of uh, perception in the future. I mean, all these new AIs coming in that allow you to turn text into images and text into film, yeah. allowing you to turn uh, dialogue into movies almost in real time. And when it becomes real time, reality gets to be like silly putty almost, you know, very fluid. And we have to be Do you prepared. Think is it good? I think, think it's a good thing. I think, yeah, I think what's unfolding is all connected. It's all one, including the AIs. I, I don't see it as anything as separate. No, Vitali, I want yeah. to address that because yeah. I think that everything that we create with our human spirits and consciousness is reflective of the spirit that we put into it. And so the AIs are just like that. They're they're not that different than dishwashers. You know, yeah. they are they are going to serve the right. purposes that we designed them to do. And they're going to in this case use language to feed us back our own thoughts. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd, I'd like to have a shadow AI that just teaches me about my shadow. But, you know, the thing is that what I think all of us creative people know is that these tools that we are creating are going to enhance us in ways that we don't really fully recognize yet. And when they do, they will take over the things that they are really good at because we're trying to free ourselves up from those things that bore us, that machines will never get tired of. And when that happens, we will be free to do what only we can do, which is invent the journey of the soul. And I would love to see humanity develop, step into a whole other, we go places we haven't explored yet within ourselves and mm-hmm. our capabilities and our reflection that we are of the universe. Mm. I want to unfold the magic of who we are. Maybe the AIs will give us a little bit of time to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think they'll make it more available to us. Uh, To me, all the memories that we've been storing digitally should be more accessible to our minds directly. Yes, and we're here to unlock that. Yeah. If you want to think about what happened last birthday, uh, you just imagine it and suddenly you see the video as well as uh, your normal biological memory. And both of them are completely normal to have. So the digital world seamlessly intertwine with the biological in a way that enhances both. I think that's possible. And that's the vision we hold for it. And as so it shall be, at least for our reality. <laughs> I think if you believe in multiverse theory, people who create hell worlds will end up living them the rest of their existence. 
until they stop believing that. But people who create heaven worlds yeah. will join each other and <laughs> enjoy some, that yeah. celebration. Create even more fun. <laughs> yeah. Creating heaven on earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bruce Lipton yeah. reflects that idea too. Is that why not? We have the ability to create heaven. Uh, we, we live pretty good lifestyles, I'd say most of us. That's something that uh, if the species lived as a whole, like live like we did, I think it would be a pretty fun place to be. So I think we set a good example for the future just by being who we are and connecting with the universe the way we do. So thanks for being part of it. It's really great to have neighbors like you guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah, have fun. Yeah, I think God likes to have fun. Thanks for being out front. Yeah, yeah. It goes from covert to overt. Yeah, I think uh, coming out of the uh, spiritual closet is a big thing right now. The next thing we've become all aware of. Yeah, we're all shifty. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Is there something specific that you're... Uh... We're specifically, ourselves, we're comprehensive generalists, more along the Bucky Fuller vein, and, and we know a little bit about everything. In terms of specifics, I'm interested in the media. I'm very involved with the exploration of uh, video for many, many years. I have collected um, every day since 1986. And all of that I expect to be available to me on demand, uh, much like my biological memory, where I think of an event and I see it. Oh, that was them saying goodbye. That was the stream. <laughs> see? Yeah. You overwhelmed the media circuits, Al. They're like, oh, wow, all of Al's memories are available immediately on demand. Oh, how are we going to pull that Well, one? we better not tell anybody about that yet, Mrs. Future. <laughs> no, that's not something we should uh, discuss uh, anywhere, at least on the public airwaves here. All right. Well, we didn't get it to have a nice, clean farewell with those folks. Well, they'll call back if they you do. You think they'll call back? Well, we have if to go in. We have to make it easy for them to call back. Yeah, make it easy. Hey, oh. there you are. Hello. Okay. You know, our stream keeps overwhelming the bandwidth, okay. and that's why we lose you for a few minutes, but then we come back. Because, you know, we're calling you from a remote mountaintop in the Boulder Creek. A solar-powered studio in the middle of a redwood forest. That's yes. how far technology wow. has connected us. <laughs> and yet we're connecting with a radio station in Santa Cruz. Yeah. So it's a network. And, right? and some a, of our bandwidth is satellite, and some of it is microwave dish, and some of it is telephone. And we're using everything that's available to the best of our ability, and still it drops out. But still, we're making progress. Yeah. Well, we all have our real hats on over here, so we're good. Excellent. That's right. You guys, you guys got Silicon Valley, man. Then you got maximum bandwidth. That's great. Well, okay, so I wanted to just take this moment for us to properly say goodbye. And yes, and thank you. I really can't wait to meet you guys. Lovely. Yeah. Yes, likewise. We're excited. Yeah, Beautiful. Photo guys, yes, yes, and feel free to check out some of our articles and stuff that we've been talking about. You guys may have some interest in that. We tend to get into some stuff that might be considered science fiction not that long ago, but now is becoming pretty real. Yeah, so we post yeah. links we yeah. post links on our website called drfutureshow.com and the live show that we're doing with you now is santacruzvoice.com. Yes. So we come on different places, different times. And uh, yeah, and fake news, you know, some of the big topics is what's real and what's not and how can we weave our way through that morass. Issues that involve free energy, energy machines, new breakthroughs that are happening there like a Today, we had an MIT discovery of how light, light itself can evaporate water without heat, just light evaporating water without heat. Yeah, it turns out that green 
frequencies of light are perfectly aligned for just a harmonious transfer of energy so that water doesn't need to boil and it can be transferred from liquid to vapor. And so much of the technology on the world today is being run by basically using heat to boil water to turn heat into mechanical energy to turn that into electricity. So we're going to be able to do that wasting less heat yeah, and using light. <laughs> and, and you guys are in the Bay Area, right? What's that? Yes, we are. I also want to mention to you that the Google co-founder, has his airship has been cleared for flight. So you might be saying some airships in your neighborhood. Yes, yeah, Sergey Brin is bringing back the oh, dirigible, wow. yeah. but he's going to be fueling Modern. it or filling it up with helium rather than hydrogen, yeah. so it'll be safer. Won't blow up, um, and it's just gotten government thumbs up, FAA flight permissions to fly over the Bay Area, especially yeah. the South Bay. Yeah, south of the airports, you guys are. <laughs> and they can fly up to fifteen hundred feet. And they're going to be used to move cargo around. And people, too. You and can, people, but you can move it around without very much combustible fuels. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, Vitaly's a skydiver, so he's already thinking of wanting to jump out of it. Oh, you're going to have so much fun, Vitaly. I did that once. Bungie I jumped out of it. I jumped out of an air balloon on a bungee cord. That was really fun. <laughs> Wow. You just blew or you jumped? I jumped on him. Well, I was in the hot air balloon and I attached myself to a bungee cord and jumped out. And then they set me down on the ground after that. (laughs) Wow. That was really exciting. That was a beautiful. (laughs) Congratulations. My pleasure. It was a thrill. Well, that's a good idea, though. That bungee cord, yeah, on the hot air balloon. It's a really big. I'll look out for it. Yeah. With my binoculars. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this week has been a big week on all kinds of robots, including a new field called paleobionics, which is where scientists are creating robots out of soft materials that mimic the behavior of creatures that existed in the dim distant past, like 450 million years ago. Yeah, there are these 450 million year old fossils that show the very first animals that were developing muscles for movement. Yeah, so it's not just CGI anymore, it's actual creatures, you know, creatures and robots. Yeah, so now they're trying to get robots who can use that method of moving. Soft, cuddly robots, ones that you don't mind holding. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it's an interesting world. There's a couple of uh, major companies, including China, uh, moving towards mass-producing humanoid robots by 2025. So we're rapidly moving towards having robot assistance on a massive scale. And it'll be normal very soon. Very normal. So we were talking about whether or not the robots will ever get beyond. We don't want to replicate the slave status right, for robots. So what's better than that? What can be replace slavery for robotic human relations? Art, where art meets science. That's what yeah. the Age of Aquarius is all about. Yeah, and they're designed... Like when I hear that, I would love to clean up our mess before we get into that stuff, but maybe I'm just an old fogey. No, no, well, there's it's a... not a before. It's a as every step we take, we have to clean up the mess through proper understanding, and creative solutions. Yeah, self-cleaning systems, really. Self-repairing systems, actually. Self-repairing, self-cleaning. 
China's focus is to be conscious in evolutionary for humankind, or is it just another distraction? Well, you know, all of us need all of the consciousness on the planet, and I think different cultures have mastered different aspects of our soul. So we really have to learn to honor each other. Yeah, it's it's a distraction for some, uh, others it's their purpose, really. It's a personal thing. Some have it in their veins. Right? Though, you guys are not live. Not live. <laughs> yeah, we're live. Yeah, we're part of the nervous system here. And it's evolving. It's evolving. Santa Cruz Voice is an experiment of taking a a classic radio station like an AM FM station and just moving it into cyberspace. No more building. No more. <laughs> I love that. Right, the whole thing. And everybody who is on it are all seasoned talk radio show hosts with their own shows prior to this, many of them. And so it's like moving a whole domain into a new domain. And that what we're finding is that the cyberspace has a little bit more fluidity than old AM and FM radio. Yeah. And we're just discovering what that is. And then that, that fluidity includes, well, for us, in video as well. But right now, audio is a, is a key area we're exploring. And there's a whole group of us that are all figuring it out as we go along, how to make this transition and how to make it the most amazing form of media that we can think of. So here we are. Yeah, and at this point, it's really about all of us learning our own purpose and then connecting to each other and offering it to each other because this planet is a great big spiritual art project. And... Every single person has something unique and special to bring to it. And altogether, we have to regain our ability to welcome that and nurture it and help those creative forces to make this a better experience for all life. Absolutely. You said it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Well, it's nice to meet kindred spirits. (laughs) Yeah. Likewise. Thank you for being so out front with your work. It's uh, inspirational. Oh, thank you. Thanks for being here, you guys. Yeah, thank you. We look forward to uh, actually meeting you in the flesh. Yeah, Yeah. and really holding you in our hearts. Yeah, can't wait. Look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Lots of love. Lots of love. Okay. Until later. Okay, bye for now. Bye. Adios. Adios. Adios, amigos. Yeah. Marvelous. Okay. Well. Oh, well, I was. That was wow. Yeah. That was a great, great talk. Great yeah. group of people. I'm going to try to meet up there on the November 13th. Oh, good. Uh, Did you go yeah, check them out? Be, yeah, I'm going to check them out. 42 acres um, in um, Morgan Hill. Morgan Hill. Uh, Morgan Hill. Hey, that's where yeah. Coco lives. Yeah, that's an interesting area. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like a, a, a trip to that part of the bay. Is okay. In the, in the cards here. Week away. The histotripsy. There was a very important development in medicine or a non invasive device that uses sound waves to blast tumors. It recently received FDA approval and will soon be available as a treatment option for patients in the U.S. It uses ultrasound to blast apart tumors. They've been doing it mostly in the liver, and the technique has no needles, no injections, no knives, or drugs. It's called Histotripsy. There's a company called Histosonics 
that was founded by engineers and doctors from the University of Michigan back in 2009. Mm. There was a team of AI bots that have developed software in seven minutes instead of what would take four weeks for good programmers. Mm-hmm. Okay, give us the lowdown. What is this team made of? Back in July, a team of researchers proved that ChatGPT is able to design simple, producible microchips from scratch in under 100 minutes following human instructions provided in plain English. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that was in July. And then last month, another group in China and the U.S. took it further and cut the humans out of the creative process almost completely. And instead of relying on a single chatbot providing answers by humans, they created a team of chatbot 3.5 bots, each assuming a different role in running a company. One was CEO, CTO, another CPO, programmer, code reviewer, code tester, and graphics designer. So it was a robot corporation. <laughs> no humans involved. Each was briefed on their role in the company and given details and their behavior and the requirements for how to communicate with the others, task roles, communication protocols, constraints, stuff like that. Chat devs, this is the company, was named the AI team. They would come up with their own solutions and they would decide what languages to use to communicate with each other and they'd design the interface and provide their own corrections. Okay, so I see one of their little chats there. Do you yeah. want to share with us their, their well, process? What did they try to do and how did they do it? Well, they replicate a real corporation. Then they play the roles of different characters in that. Like, for example, I am the CTO of ChatDev, chief technical officer. I'm very familiar to information technology. I will make high-level decisions from the overarching technology infrastructure that closely aligns with the organization's goals, which I work alongside the organization's information technology staff members to perform everyday operations. He's got that program. Right, that's what he does. He's yeah. To me, that sounds like a recording. If you press eight on your dial, <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't really code. sound like a person. It's a code. It's not. A, it's just not like conversational <laughs> English. It's it's code for doing what it does. Right. I am an information technologist. This is what I do. <laughs> that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, okay. Another one. Keep I am going. a professional programmer of Chat Dev. I can write create computer software or applications by providing a specific programming language to the computer. I have extensive computing and coding experience in many varieties of programming languages. Python, <laughs> Java, C, C++, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, XML, SQL, PHP. <laughs> <sighs> you know, it's not human, man. It's, I'm sorry. I, that, I think you I'm were merging with your are, little uh, robot am, friend there, I'm Al. I'm glad the robots do that. <laughs> I'm happy not doing we that. We have AIs and we have owls, <laughs> and they're very close. <laughs> I can do that. but Oh, the dream yeah. CEO, huh? Let's hear about an AI's <laughs> dream of this dream CEO. How do they define that? Well, first of all, they excluded the CEO from technical aspects of the process. Oh, really? Yeah, so what, the CEO the was, from they the were technology. just supposed they to be on vacation yeah. all the time? Well, Sit on the beach and drink pina coladas? Is His that role, what the CEO's well, job is? They determined that the CEO's role was to provide initial input and feedback. Make a request. Yeah, and the summary of what they do. They Crack were, the whip. Yeah, they want to leave the techies <laughs> alone to do their job in peace. Uh-huh. Right? So basically, they just have to hold the vision and tell them basically what, what they're creating. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Hold, hold that vision, right? Hold that. Uh, and does the CEO agree with that Role defined? Well, in this model, yes, because you're designing the CEO as well as the programmers. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a multi-role system, each with its own specialized AI role. 
They're yeah. playing the Albot corporate game. Yeah, they might. Their gamification of reality. Yeah, let's turn a I, let's turn all these robots into a corporation. That sounds well, really fun. Well, cor- no, corporations are interesting because there are a lot of different flavors of corporations. They're not all the same. They're a vast network of corporate designs, all of which are working with each other and competing with each other in the world marketplace right now. Mm. So, <laughs> so for them to do that. What is the most efficient corporate structure that would uh, work? And I guess the AIs will probably figure stuff out like that. Mm. And they might become Mm. very cutthroat, right? Or they might become very win-win oriented. It depends on what their goals are. If they want to create win-lose scenarios, cutthroat becomes more likely. But if they're programmed from the start to believe in win-win-win-win scenarios, then it's less likely by far. The AIs can help design new win-win-win-win corporate structures that might be able to compete in the real marketplace. So I think that's the advantage there. Mm. You As see I said, how I'm talking to the AIs they, directly with my tech strokes over I, here. I say they should make the money, right? They should, you know. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hey, five minutes, babe. Okay, one more big story here. Yeah. Sci-fi idea, man. This is something you've seen in Star Trek. Do you remember tractor beams? Sure. Tractor beams. Oh, they're the scourge. Well, you do not want to get caught in a tractor beam. Well, there goes your freedom. Well, unless you're, suddenly you're a, you're on a leash. Unless you're being towed by the equivalent of AAA. <laughs> Then you're very happy that tractor beams. That would has be, you. yes, triple T, tractor, tractor beams. Well, I mentioned this because <laughs> teleporter tractor beams. Well, of they are not uh, teleportation. My Mrs. Future. They are tractor <laughs> beams. There's a difference between a teleporter and a tractor beam. These are designed to pull defunct satellites out of geostationary orbit. They can mm-hmm. grab a satellite and move it out of orbit using the beam. Okay? And in mm-hmm. science fiction films, they're pretty strong. They can tow a starship, for example. And in real life, they're not quite as powerful yet. They're called electrostatic tractors. They wouldn't be able to move a piece of space junk in a minute. It would, might take them... Uh, well, when you think about static electricity, I think about... It take them days. People rubbing glass with silk rags and then having yeah. feathers stick to them. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Electrostatic has a long way to go before we can drag spaceships and space junk around uh, the planet. <laughs> electrostatic tractors do have that reputation. That's true. They're not very powerful. They're kind of weak. But you know, like ion beams are weak too. But it adds up over time. If you can have the tractor beam on for a long time, instead of just a few minutes, then you can start moving things. How far away is the beam effective? How close does it have to be? It has to be pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> so we get really like on top of maybe it. A f- maybe a butterfly net would be just as effective and maybe even better say, in some ways. Well, I'll just say the closer the better. <laughs> <laughs> what a lot of people question, though, is not so much just the tractor beam itself as a method, but what about simpler methods? Like keep it simple, stupid ideas like why don't you throw a net around a piece of junk and just haul it off? Why do you have to have a weak little electrostatic beam aimed at it for weeks in order to move it. Well, I'll tell you, a net is way harder to throw than a lasso, and a lasso is way harder to throw than just taking a poke 
with a pole and pushing it where you want to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All these things and, are and, complicated. And how fast how fast are those particles moving? You know, they're, space they're, junk? Oh, they're all moving differently, Bobby, yeah. in different ways. Some of them are spinning like hell. In, in different ones are, Maybe yeah, we need so ping pong paddles. Yeah. It'd you know? go right through the net. I know. It would cut the <laughs> I mean, net spin. Yeah, we could, it could uh, break up the satellite and cause a debris field that would create further disasters down the line. I got news for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Guess what time it is. It's time to go. Oh. oh you got so anyway, work is needed in this collecting space check area, but the tractor beams look promising. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, folks, for listening. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah. Glad you're here. Thank you. Great show. And. Yeah. Doctorfutureshow.com archives and enjoy the show. Six to eight.